Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, and welcome to this next episode of Mad Singers Management Podcast. And today I have no one else than Don Wells himself. Welcome to the show, Don. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you for being here, first of all. So, Don, I mean, we've known each other for, for a good few years, to say the least. Um, but obviously, I have a, a whole bunch of new audience that might not know you. So, do you want to just kick off and give us sort of a minute or two about sort of your own background and your experience? Sure. Um, yeah, so I've been doing online business since 2012. Um, I'm best known, I guess, for Human Proof Designs. I've, I've recently started another company called Onfolio, um, and that's, that's fairly new. So I think most of the lessons I'll be sharing today will be more relevant to HPD. Um, when I first started back in 2012, I was just doing affiliate marketing, just building and running my own websites, trying to make a little bit of money online where I could. And over time, that scaled to the point where I think at one point my Upwork account had something like 300 open, um, open contracts. So I really had to, I really jumped in the deep end when it came to delegating. Uh, I, no one really teaches, I mean, apart from you now, which is great, but at the time I thought, I don't know how to hire people. I don't know, don't know anything. So definitely learned the hard way in that um, in that kind of area and these days I, I I I wouldn't say I've got it all figured out but I guess I am I'm pretty good at delegating tasks and building teams and some people would say I'm strong in operations but I'd say I'm weak in operations which is why I'm good at building teams to do the operations for me if that makes sense yeah, that makes total sense. That makes total sense. So, I mean, I, I love the story about your 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 operations manager hired. Do you want to tell the audience sort of just a little bit about how that came came around? Um, yeah. So he was actually my second attempt at hiring someone in a kind of project manager role. The first person was completely wrong for the job but um i i didn't really know what made someone right or wrong at the time um and he was wrong for the job because well he shouldn't have been in the job in the first place he was just someone who saw that human proof designs was getting quite successful and he just reached out to see if i needed any help with anything and i was struggling with keeping on top of everything, fulfilling services for customers and making sure the business was doing what it was being paid to do. Um, so I just said, Hey, maybe you could help out with that. And he said, sure, even though like it probably wasn't what he really should have been doing. So then when the next guy came along, um, he, I think he reached out because he could see that we were struggling with operations and he basically said, 
uh, are you hiring right now? Because if you are hiring, here's where I think you might be struggling and here's, um, here's how I could help. Yeah. And at the time I wasn't hiring, but I remember reading his email and thinking, yeah, I am hiring now because he, he explained how he had a lot of experience with business and um, he, he saw himself as being able to help me put legs on things in terms of projects. Um, and basically I realized that even though he maybe didn't have any real industry experience in terms of affiliate marketing or niche sites or anything like that, he had business experience and operations experience. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you were going to say something there, so I stopped. No, no, that, that's okay. That's okay. Um, I, I think that that's great. I mean, uh, and that's uh, actually for a lot of a lot of the guys that that I'm working with, right? Like, again, that the industry experience is often a focus for many because they feel like, oh, someone have to know this industry to come in. But one of the things that I've found continuously happening is that actually it's often a benefit they don't because it means they they attack things very differently right like particularly in the seo world there's so many sort of preconceived like oh you should be doing things like this and like that and so on right and and if you have someone just coming from the outside not knowing anything they just approach things very differently right and then particularly if they have good business experience where you know that they you used to building systems and building frameworks and stuff. That's, that's obviously a very, yeah, it's, it's a very different scenario for most, but, but I would say it's, it's definitely a good thing to try out once in a while to actually bring in blood from not within the industry. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I would say not only if someone is not from the industry and maybe they have skills somewhere else, but you also have to think about what things can you teach and what things can't you teach. So, you know, you can teach how to do your industry because you probably didn't invent your industry, which means you learned it. So therefore someone else can learn it. Um, but can you teach organization skills or can you teach diligence? Can you teach attitude? Can you teach cultural fit? These are things where if you hire people who have those skills rather than someone who's like, oh, I already know how to do keyword research, um, then you're going to be able to teach all of those other things a lot more easily. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And uh, yeah, so that, that was good. So you brought him along. And how long has that ago since he joined the company now? Uh, it was, I guess... I think March or April, 2016. Okay. So that's, uh, yeah, three years, three years and a bit ago. Yeah. Just over three years at the time of recording. Yeah. Perfect. Well, that's good. And, uh, and how is he working out then? Well, he's still there. So <laughs> obviously working out very well. Um, yeah, he, he definitely, changed the business and for the better and revolutionized a lot of the things that we we did not only did he improve processes and he he made sure that customers were happy and and all of those things but he also by by kind of creating this system where we could do everything 
it meant that it was also very easy for us to start doing other things. So Human Proof Designs does various things like building websites for people. And we were often requested to do link building for people or do keyword research for people. And I was very much wary of doing that because I didn't want to be stretching ourselves too thin and um, maybe being too broad. But also, I just knew that we didn't necessarily have an ability to fulfill all of those different things. Whereas about six to nine months after Brad joined the company, um, we found ourselves in a position where it was like, well, if we did want to launch a new service, it would just be a case of me explaining the service to him and him figuring out how the fulfillment would look and then what the kind of cost to us would be and therefore figuring out what we should charge and then us saying okay let's do it and um, launching it to the audience to figure out if it was something they really wanted to the point where I guess about 18 months after he came on we went from like four services to 15. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's that's impressive. And, and that's hard to manage, like even in that short span of time, right? Like, did it go smooth from the beginning? Or how? Um, no. I mean, when he first came on board, it was more like, we've got huge bottlenecks. Let's address each bottleneck one by one. And the irony was, in the beginning, when we freed up one process that then created a bottleneck further down because if we were struggling in the beginning i think actually the, the very first thing he jumped into was keyword research um and there was a massive backlog because it just i had one person working for me doing keyword research and they they were okay but they were just slow and always missing deadlines and so on and so that was the the area we tackled first to the extent that suddenly we were getting so much keyword research done that the writers didn't have the ability to write the articles and we were you know, throwing more and more work at them. So um, we then had to move further down the, the, the pipeline and then fix that bottleneck and then fix the, ne the next one. Yeah. So I, I'd say it took six months to really have everything well-oiled. Um, but yeah, from then on, it was pretty much whenever we did have any problems, they were temporary. Like maybe two staff members went sick at the same time. And so we had to quickly adjust, but there was never anything that was like systematically wrong at that, after that point. Awesome. Well, that sounds very good. That sounds very good. So from your own perspective, like what's kind of your management, let's call it philosophy? right like what what's how do you think about management today what are your thought uh, thoughts around your way of doing it right like what what what's your focus with it and so on um i'm fairly hands off because i don't like being hands on um but i it's always been a kind of instinctive thing for me where it's like if someone's doing something for me i'd rather they just do it um, but recently I've been reading Clockwork by Mike, um, I think it's pronounced Mikalovich. Um, he also wrote Profit First, which is very, uh, a, a more widely read book. Um, and in Clockwork, he, he articulates it pretty well when he says there's a distinction between delegating and deciding. Um, so for those who haven't read it, when you're de deciding, you're, you're basically saying, okay, I don't want to do this thing anymore. 
that VA or that employee is going to do it for me. But you're still really involved. Like you say to the employee, this is what you do. And then the employee comes back to you with some questions or they say, hey, I finished. Um, uh, can you have a look at it? And, and so you're still very much involved. Whereas when you're delegating, you should be basically getting them to own the, the actual process, getting them to make the decisions and getting them to even own the result. And you're just there making sure that, um, the, the, that's happening. So it, it might look more like rather than saying, Hey, go and do some keyword research for me. And then they come back and they say, um, I couldn't find any keywords about this topic. What do you think I should do next? Or do you think I should do this next? They would basically be more likely just, they would make that decision themselves and they would go ahead and do it. Um, and so to kind of go back to the original question, my, my management philosophy is kind of empowering the, them to have the, the, the confidence and the, the freedom to, to make the decisions so that I can focus on what I do best, whatever that may be in that particular business. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. And that's very similar to the way I train it as well, right? Like I, I'm always keen on saying to people that it's not just handing over the task, like don't give people an SOP and says, go do this thing. But uh, I always use the, the example of customer service, right? right? Rather than someone tell someone, oh, this is how you answer email, go answer some, right? Like you, you want to really hand them over the responsibility and, you know, rather than just say, you need to answer four mails every day or 10 mails every day, right? And say, well, okay, your goal and your objective objective is to make sure that our email box is empty every day, right? We don't want customers waiting more than X amount of time. Here's the KPIs, here's the, the goals, right? Uh, I trust you, I love you, and you're, you're an amazing communicator. That's why I give you the role. And uh, yeah, basically, basically give them the responsibility, but obviously in a way where they feel, um, they, they feel empowered for doing it, right? And that's, uh, yeah, it, it makes a huge difference like how you actually handle it all, right? So. Yeah, and I think that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier with hiring the, the right person isn't necessarily the person who knows. knows how to do customer support. It might be the person who is a good communicator and a person who enjoys, like they, they want to contribute to, to the outcome of the company and they enjoy um, the the communicating and, and caring for customers to the point where they're actually going to be teaching you better ways of doing things because they're just interested enough in their job that they might think, well, how, how he taught me is, is cool, but what if we do it this way? Yeah. Yep. hundred percent, hundred percent. That's great. Um, so what do you find the most enjoyable thing about managing other people? If you do enjoy it. <laughs> Um, I don't enjoy managing people. I enjoy hiring and, and, uh, delegating to people. And in fact, I don't even enjoy the delegation. I enjoy plugging people in so that they kind of are self delegating. So, you know, my, I, I want to be able to do what I am good at. So if it's networking or if it's creating content or if it's, um, figuring out the best way to grow a website. I want to be focusing on that. So I don't want to be basically saying to my team, Hey, you need to do this, this and that 
so that I can do this. I really want them to know Dom is going to be focusing on this thing. So our job is to help him focus on that thing. So therefore we're going to take some stuff off his plate. Um, so I guess I enjoy building the team to the point where I think I'm not very good. No. Uh, yeah, maybe I'm not very good at this task or I don't want to do this task. And then you hire someone to do it and you teach them and then they do it and then they end up doing it better than you. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I enjoy looking, looking down at the system and seeing it working rather than um, the actual day-to-day managing. Yeah. Um, I hate, I hate managing people, <laughs> which I yeah. think is why I eventually had to figure it out. Yeah. And that's, uh, I mean, a lot of people like particularly in the entrepreneurial world is, is really in your shoes, right? Like, uh, the, and, and you don't need to, to love the process. Right. But, but even, even like you've done, like finding someone that's, that's really good at the operation side of things and can help you build that out or, or alternatively, right. Finding, um, finding strong people. I mean, it's really about building that strong team around you that can help, that can help taking stuff off your plate and help make life easier, right? Because no matter how much you hate managing people, like if you do want to build a bigger company, like you, you have to find a way to, to let go of things. You have to find a way to actually plug other people in, right? And even, like, even if you try and find people in Upwork or whatever, you still have to like... <laughs> tell them what to do and, and, and make sure they help you get to the right point. Right. So if you want to build a larger company, there's not really any ways around it. Right. Yeah. And I actually think with higher level people, so someone, someone who you hire off Upwork, um, I'm not, I'm not going to say you can't find any higher level people on there because you can, but ge- generally when people are going to Upwork, it's because they're looking for a, a VA or someone who can do the more menial tasks for that role, you will be hiring them and telling them what to do. But I think for a higher level role, you'll be hiring them and they'll be telling you what to do. Yeah. Um, to some extent, you know, you'll be telling them the end goal and what, what the company does. So like I recently hired a project manager slash COO in, in training, just because the company is not really big enough right now to have a, a COO per se. Um, and when she came on, so this is for Onfolio. And when she came on, she was like, well, do you want to use Asana or do you want to do this or do you want to do it that way? And my response was, I want you to tell me how I should do it because I suck at these things and you're great at these things. So I'll tell you how I do it right now and what the end goal is. And then you tell me how we should do it. Um, and I think I can do that because I've had sort of, three and a half four years of of experience but i think for a first for someone doing it for the first time it, it, it's quite hard to trust that someone will be able to do it for you and if you don't have the skill yourself how do you know if they're telling you the right way to do it so i think that is a problem that people come across yeah a- a- any way you have found good like at, at, at solving that problem because you, you're 100 right like that's where most people struggle is they they would love to hire someone who's amazing and who solve all their problems, but they don't really know where to start and how do you figure out the right guy? Like any, any sort of tips from your experience in terms of that or you just... Um, just start small. Like I don't think you can... You can't hire that kind of person unless you've hired someone for the smaller stuff first. Yeah. 
and I think as you get better at hiring people, you just you just get better at hiring people. So um, it's it's like a baby steps type thing. Um, I I generally don't have a proper way of solving that. Maybe there isn't. Um, for me, I I do operate a lot on instinct and experience, um, and I can kind of feel if someone's the right fit um, or if they they have that ability. So there's probably certain interview questions you can ask them or like, tell me what you've done in the past um, track record, for example. Yeah. Uh, that's probably the best way to look, but really it's just a case of just hiring people as a skill. So you just have to get better at it in yeah. small, small uh, iterations. Yeah. And uh, I would say one of the things I've found particularly in the beginning when you hire out, like when you're hiring the first couple of people, like, don't necessarily go and hire an operations manager from day one, right? Like a lot of the time you hire someone, you bring them into the business. And if they're a great person, they can eventually develop into that role. But what, what I see people fail quite a lot with is they go out and hire someone with 10 years operation manager experience and sometimes expect them to plug into an organization with, with 50 people like overnight, right? And, and it is significantly easier if you, if you manage to get a hire in a little bit earlier so that they can adapt slightly to the culture and the organization and so on um, and, and then grow them right? At least in the beginning, like when your company grows bigger, it becomes easier to do. And, and as you say, your, your recruitment skills get a little bit better, et cetera. But in the beginning, it's really about bringing great people on board that can actually grow into some of these roles over time, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think I'm just sort of trying to recall from my experience here. I think it's sometimes quite hard to hire people and have them grow into roles as well though. Um, like I've had some people who I've kind of almost forced them to grow, like, okay, you're now a manager and they were not necessarily a good manager. Whereas I've had other people who I thought, hey, can you be a supervisor? Like maybe I've got six writers and one of those writers demonstrates qualities that would suggest to me maybe they should run the other writers and you promote that person and they're great at it. And that's probably because you spotted that they would have that skill in the first place, which is why you promoted them. But then I've had other people who maybe they're a one man band and I'm like, okay, I'm going to hire you a team and you're going to run, run the team. And there's been a lot of resistance from them because they're just not managers for whatever, you know, like not everyone can manage. Um, so I think there's probably a sweet spot. Yeah. Like you're, you're not going to be able to get, someone and plug them into a 50 person company and be like, okay, be my COO now. Yeah. But at the same time, you might get to a 50 person company. Like how do you get to a 50 person company without like promoting someone or, um, or yeah. bringing someone in earlier? So I, yeah, maybe, maybe there is a sweet spot of like when you get to 15 people or something, it's time to either promote someone or bring someone in. Yeah. But it's, uh, I mean, I, I, I look at two things, right? Like when I, when I grow staff generally, like I, number one, I really like to look at like the future potential. Like when I hire people, like I, I do believe most people can learn to become good managers, but there's some that have a lot more natural tendencies towards it. Right. And the, the key thing is like, it, one of my pet peeves is that 
people have always been told, oh, you should always go for promotions and always try and grow in the company. But the thing is, some people don't want to, right? Like if you're a good writer and you love writing and you don't want to be a manager, like just because your family or <laughs> your friends to- tell you you should try and get a promotion, like if that's not what you want to do, like don't trick and do it, right? But, uh, but, but particularly as you said, like with the, when you start pushing people, right? Like for, for, for my experience at least, like, I, I consistently see people being pushed into roles that one, they're not ready for and two, they're not that interested in. And, and I totally agree with you on that point of view, right? Now, the key thing for me and, and how I do development is I, I generally start to identify people. I try and identify them a lot earlier so they actually have the time to, to start developing some of their skills and see if it's for them. I mean, because sometimes you start developing people and they said, oh, I want to be a manager, but then they realize they hate sometimes having to be an idiot to some of their colleagues and, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, whereas, you know, others just like doing it and, and grow into it much more, right? So, so that's usually how I look at it. But, but you're totally right, like particularly in the beginning, like it, you're always juggling resources. You're always looking at so many aspects that it becomes a, it becomes a challenge, right? So. so what kind of things do you look for when you try to you say you, you start identifying people early on, like potential candidates or whatever? Like, is there a, yeah. is there a so, go-to thing that you look for? Yeah. So what, what I always do is I, I look for people I have on board that really embrace the culture, really embrace the, uh, like the, the DNA of the company. Right. Because again, like I, I always have the philosophy, if you, if you promote people with the wrong attitude or the wrong characteristics, etc., you kind of bring down the company values because people see, oh, this guy is always unhappy and he's always complaining, but you know, he got promoted. Uh, so, so I'm very keen on finding people who actually sort of follow the company values and DNA. And then I, I then, uh, like in the one-to-ones we do with them, we, we would then actually talk to them and, and see if that's something they're interested in, right? And if it is, then, then we usually start talking from sort of from the bottom up, right? We don't say, okay, you, you want to be a manager tomorrow, right? We're like, hey, what about you try and look after this project or, you, you know, some smaller things in the beginning where you can kind of test their ability to do it um, and, and give them a challenge, mm-hmm. but not necessarily making them uh, the king overnight kind of thing, right? Because that way they get eased into it. And one, you enable, you, you become able to see, are they good at doing it? Are they, are they comfortable in the role? And you also see how much learning they, they possibly need, right? Because the, the thing is, a lot of people don't know what it's like. Like you hear promotion and, and most people think, oh, that's more money and that's a cool thing and, and I don't need to work anymore, right? Whereas in, in reality, it's very much the opposite. Like <laughs> the more you get promoted, the more you work, right? Uh, and, and a lot of people, that surprised a lot of people. And, and I, that's why I love testing out people and I, I like putting people under pressure, right? Like some of those like, oh, well, actually we need to work the next three days nonstop to, to make this project work, right? And seeing, are they up for it, right? Not, not because it's a matter of hours, but more like the mentality of, yep, we will do what it takes to get there, right? Um, so that's, that's normally how I go around doing it, right? And, and, and like over time, like you, you will have people 
at least in my experience, that just stand out, right? Like you, you have people sometimes that are just head and heels above everyone else. And, and, and when you give them the opportunity to, to shine and give them a project or give them things to do, like they, they generally tend to keep standing out, right? Um, but again, like everyone, like, like myself, like I, I've definitely have strengths and weaknesses and, and so will all managers have, right? The, the key thing is first kicking in their inspiration, because if you realize that they want to do the job, if, if they get keen on, I want to be, become a manager, then they also start all the, the self-reading, right? They start all the personal development because they're, they're so keen on it, right? And, and that's, that's where I generally see it kicking in. Like when, when people come to me and say, oh, yeah, I read this management book last weekend and it was really great. What do you think about X, Y, Z, right? Like that, that's the kind of times I know like, okay, this, this guy, this girl is, is hooked on this stuff and, and you know, I, I want to push them further. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. And, um, well, it's multiple good points. Um, I, I recently kind of got surprised with one of my um, team members who, um, back when I hired them, they, they, were, they were definitely good for the job, which is why I hired them in the first place. Um, but I never really would have penciled them in for a potential manager. Um, they were someone who in their personal life, you know, they liked to be free and, uh, you know, like um, into motorbikes and going hiking and, and stuff like that and definitely get the work done and pull in long hours when, when in front of a laptop. But I don't know, just something about them made me think they might not be a great manager, but it doesn't really matter because they're, they're quite high level um, and they don't necessarily need to manage. And they're a rock star in many other aspects. Um, but then recently, over and over again, I've seen that person really grow into a role of management and reading books about management a lot faster than than I ever did. And um, I've heard them on calls with um, like interns and um, uh, people under them and teaching them. And for example, I said, um, Okay, so we've just hired these two people for, say, on-page SEO um, specialisms. How, what are you going to do once we've hired them? And he said, well, I'm going to get on a call with them and then they're going to go through the training that I've made and we're going to um, basically compile an SEO, an on-page SEO checklist together because I want to see how well they work together as a team. I was like, wow, that's a really good idea. I hadn't thought of that at all. So you never know who's going to um, who's going to demonstrate these amazing managerial qualities and who's even going to be into it. Like, so it's not just ability. It's also enthusiasm. Um, definitely. And you're right. Like you should definitely uh, keep an eye out for those traits. And, and again, it probably is something that takes experience. You know, someone listening to this right now, who's only hired one person before maybe thinking, well, how do I know what to look out for? And maybe it's one of those things where it's like you, you'll see it when you see it yeah. or you'll know it when you know it. Sometimes, sometimes it's, it's those situations, right? I mean, I, I always tell from a hiring perspective, right? Like I'm, I'm usually very, very cautious with my hiring. And I, like we have a strong hiring process generally, right? But like I've had probably three or four times where I literally have hired someone 15 minutes into an interview. Right. Because I mean, we, we've had probably in the Philippines about three, 400 people uh, at least. Right. And, uh, and 
like probably three or four times. Like I've hired someone there on the spot because they're just, they just shine out and are so great. Right. Like, and, and sometimes I haven't even had the job for them, but you know, they just shine through so obviously that, that, you know, I, I need to have them in my team kind of thing. Um, and did they always work out? Yeah. I mean, so honestly, I had one of the girls I had was too good, right? So she, she ended up actually moving on pretty quickly because we, we, I couldn't challenge her enough uh, within the, the sort of time space, time frame I had. Um, but, uh, but they've all been, been really, really good people. Right? So, yeah, yeah, that's good because that kind of validates that when you know they're a good hire, they're a good hire. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, so any particular things you're doing, like when, when you have your management team, like anything particular you do to try and make sure they become good managers? So we, we've touched on that quite a bit here, but, but like anything particular you do to try and grow the, the management team you have? Hmm. Um, I guess that's something I'm still always, I'm still a student of that myself. Okay. Um, like it's, it's very easy to become, to, to hire people and, and then to have people become leaders, but actually growing them as leaders is, is an interesting one because I'm always growing myself as well. Um, I think really it kind of goes back to what you were saying about having the right person there and making sure there's someone who's into management and they want to read a book over, over a weekend or whatever. Um, but I think it comes down to the same kind of standard things like um, regular meetings and KPIs and all of that kind of boring stuff that is, that is useful and maybe some smart goals. Um, I, I think it different, different methodologies work with different people in different businesses, but you need to have something there so that people have buy-in and then you have the ability to uh, measure the results. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. What from, uh, <laughs> we, we obviously aren't all perfect. So what, what's some of the things in your business that you're really working to improve? And obviously you, you just mentioned you have a new business, right? So, so what, what are some of the things right there where, where you're really saying, wow, I, I have a lot of work to do here. Um, yeah, I guess it's, a, um, I think it's not so much me that has a ton of work. It's actually, more some of my 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 team members have too much because i'm like something comes across my desk i'm like oh i'm not doing that that's for you um i i do still because we're kind of in the lean startup mode i do still do too many too many small things that someone else should do and um not enough like designing the business um or working on the business um, and the things that I do are not necessarily the things that drive the business forward. Um, so like my skill set in, in Onfolio is growing websites. Um, so in, it, there, there are many times where I'll, I'll, I'll look at a website, I'll decide what we need to do to grow it. And then I'll assign those tasks to somebody else. And then the tasks get done and the website grows. But there's a bunch of other stuff where I'm like, Oh, I'm just going to log in and change that logo myself, or I'm going to reply to these hundred emails myself, or just basically 
stuff that's important but isn't important enough and I shouldn't be doing it and and yeah. some of my team members are in the same situation where they're doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing yeah. um, and it, it, it's a tough problem to solve because you can't just go out and arbitrarily hire people to do all of those tasks because you need to make a profit and it's not just a case of putting your putting your prices up so that you can hire more people it's it's about moving people around and maybe cutting tasks that don't actually need performing and trimming things and yeah, and, and growth 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 have to happen at certain speed right like you don't just go from zero to 100 people overnight like it's you make some money you reinvest you make some more money you keep reinvesting right like it it, it sort of had this natural process to it right yeah and i think i probably won't want to have a hundred person company sure um, <laughs> but some people do uh, i think i'm over that kind of the best way to grow is to grow revenue myth these days but um Oh. I, yeah, the lesson still makes sense. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, uh, one of the things that I, I really sort of enjoy is, is the building companies, right? Like when you have first done it once, like it, yeah, it becomes easier, but it's also like, like it's so interesting the second and third time around, right? Because you, you, you start realizing many more of the mistakes you made initially and like, oh God, the first time I would have done this and this, and, but now I know all these lessons, so I'm doing it this way instead. And like, I, I find that very, very interesting, right? And, and also why, like when I hire people, I love hiring people who have already done certain things because it just makes it much more likely that, you know, they can, they can utilize that knowledge in another area, but, but do the same thing again, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, I, I totally agree. So uh, lastly here, Dom, any kind of tips, tricks, amazing pieces of software or anything that, that you really love uh, that you can recommend to all our amazing listeners? Um, I would actually say with software, like sometimes we tend to overthink what we're going to use. So right now I use Asana heavily. Some people hate Asana. Some people like Basecamp. Some people hate Basecamp. Um, sometimes you can just make do with Google Sheets and Trello. So I think really it's about getting the right people. And then from there, the system is kind of the software you might use is in, can be interchangeable. Like there are definitely perks and pros and cons to some. Um, so I would say almost don't feel like the success of your management or your operations is going to hinge on a certain piece of software. Um, I would definitely recommend reading Traction by Gino Wickman and Clockwork by Mike Mikalovich. Um, those are both really good books. And I think that's probably all that I can think of right now. Just keep awesome. listening to Mads. <laughs> Most of what <laughs> I learned, I learned from you. So. <laughs> Excellent. No, that's, that's cool. I, uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, what I usually say with project management software is very much, uh, it doesn't matter which one you pick, just pick one. But the key thing is actually utilization. Right, like if you d don't have a company where half the team use Trello and half the team use Basecamp, right? Like that's right. that's why you need to put the foot down and says, okay, as a company, we use this system. No discussions. Let's go. Right, but but 100% agree. Like what exactly what tool you pick doesn't really matter in most cases. Um, 
But what matters is one, that if you pick a system, people actually use it because nothing worse than having half the team always sending you emails and the other half actually using a, a system, right? So you, you, want a, you want a good consistent flow of, of, of any work you have within the organization, right? Yeah, that's a really good point. And also just taking the time to implement the systems as well. Like it's very easy to be like, I've got a new idea. We're going to do stuff this way. And everyone says, great. And then a week later, you haven't done it yet. And you're still using the same system you were using before. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's excellent. And uh, Dom, if, if people are desperate to get in touch with you or know more about your companies, et cetera, what's the best way to, to contact you? Um, probably just send me an email, uh, Dom at onfolio.co is the, the best place to reach me these days. Perfect. Um, I'll include that in the show notes as well. So people can reach out if they, if they're desperate to do so. So that's good. Well, thank you very much for being on the show, Dom. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Thanks again for having me. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.